Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keene from God TV Radio. At 7 p.m. Central tonight, I'm going to be doing a live show. And I intend on that show being about God, the consciousness, evolution, how the mind works, why existence is here, why it is we're able to have the lives that we have. And I want to have a deep discussion about the things that we have talked about in the past on this YouTube channel. This is what I intend to do. When I woke up this morning, my email box was slammed. Full of people from the audience, full of the people who have been involved in this discussion of Kent Hovind, his life, and the wives, and some of the other people involved, some of the volunteers. Now, I made a video abruptly saying that I was done with all this, and I am done with it. Most people know that I've been being a listener, an observer, just sitting back, not taking any sides, just trying to pay attention to what all is happening. But people continue to push me into a corner. They continue to say, where do you stand, Brett? How do you actually feel about all this? What's been going on? I got an email from Mary Toko, and she feels as though I've been unfair. My audience out there believes that I've been absolutely fair. Many of you have told me, well, Brett, you've given these women hours and hours of your show. You've literally walked away and let them just take over the stream and say whatever they want and do whatever they want. Some of you out there, you don't even realize that I have been on the phone with Mary and Cindy for hours and hours on end. Some of these phone calls have lasted up to three hours. I've, ha I've heard the stories ten times and then some. And then whenever they bring a new person in, that other person tells their story ten times. Now keep in mind, I've never even been to Dinosaur Adventureland. I've never met any of these women before in real life. I've never met Kent Hovind in real life. I've never been to Dinosaur Adventureland again, let me repeat that. I don't know any of these people that are in the discussion. My intention the whole time was to simply let them all tell their story. Let me tell you how each side acted in this broad line discussion that we've been having. When I talked to Ken Tobin, he said, let the women say whatever they want. He actually encouraged, he said, if this helps, if you really think that letting them tell their side and then letting me respond to them in a separate video is the way to go, then fine. There was always that agreement that there would be a day where after they told their side, which was done a hundred times, that one day Kent would participate in a conversation with all these people who had grievances and he would respond to their questions whether they like his answers or not or accept them there was going to be a day where they all talk out their issues and i really thought that was going to be awesome i thought wow we get these adults together who've had trouble with each other for a long time and then I get to participate in what I believe to be a godly act 
where people were not in the same proximity of each other, but they could speak electronically to each other and hash out their problems. I really thought that that was what God wanted. I want, I wanted to be able to allow this to just go over and everybody rides off into the sunset, no damages, no hurt towards anybody, but people get resolution and find their peace. However, when talking to all sides, after all these many hours of listening, a lot of red flags did shoot up for me. But instead of going into my red flags with Kent or Mary Toko or Cindy, I continued to listen and I continued to tell myself, okay, there's some problems on all different sides here. Maybe I should be the one that sits back and allows them to work those issues out again and not get on to anybody because I didn't know the full deal. It's one thing being told a story, and it's another thing actually living what these people went through. You understand? A person can tell you stories all day about the woes and the aggravation they had, but unless you actually walked a mile in their shoes... You don't know their perspective or what they were thinking. Sometimes people do unusual stuff based upon the timing, based upon where they're at in their life and all that. Kent Hoven has been extremely encouraging to me. He goes, Brett, I can tell this upsets you and this bothers you. And I'm sorry, I know it feels like the devil's clawing away at you. And he's ministered to me about it. His new wife, Sandra Hoven, has been nothing but respectful, decent, and loving to me. She goes, Brad, I can tell that you're doing the best you can. I can tell. But it has not been that way on the other side of the equation. Every time I allowed Kent Hoven to defend himself against her accusations, she got mad at me. Why are you letting him be up there and say these things? Why are you letting him do this? Why are you letting him do that? Like Cindy, I have to allow both sides to be heard. Yeah, but he's a liar. He's this, he's that. Over and over. That was one of the red flags. Kent says, let her do it. Let her talk. Let her say what she wants. She, however, doesn't want Kent to be able to tell his side. Do you see how funky that is, folks? How weird that is? How difficult and challenging this is? You got one party, Sandra and Kent, saying, let them do whatever they want. Let them say whatever they want. We'll be praying for you, Brett. And the other one is, I don't want to hear all that. I don't I I can't even sit through listening to what Kent Hoven has to say because I can't stand his voice. I can't stand the way he sounds. So she's not even bothering to even listen to his answers or what he's trying to say. His group has decided that they don't even want to hear what he had to say. That makes things really difficult to work things out with people if one side isn't even willing to listen to what the other side is making. From time to time, she'd listen to a bit here and there or whatever, or someone would tell her, oh, this doesn't, this sounds kind of weird, and then she would go and make clips and 
accumulate more videos against Kentovan on her channel. But for Cindy, it didn't seem like it don't seem like she's going to be happy until she absolutely destroys the ministry. And there's other Christians out there who've allowed her the opportunity to tell her story over and over and over. There's been popular channels, smaller channels. And I got to thinking to myself, how many times does she need to tell her story? Because it gets to a point, folks, where when someone keeps doing that, it starts making you feel as though this isn't about telling the story anymore. This is more about getting attention. Because Cindy's life is a lot different than Kent's now. Kent's still running the ministry. He's surrounded by thousands of people. He's doing a whole lot of things with his life, and he's still making countless videos about God, is where she's alone, and all she wants to do is make videos about Kent all day long. All day long, this is what she set her life to do. And every once in a while, she'll take a break and go run off to a beach or something and relax, I guess, whatever the case. The other problem is her big thing that she seemed to have besides uh, claiming that she was body slammed, she was never body slammed at all, ladies and gentlemen. I got her to admit on an earlier show that she was pushed. Yeah, pushed. But she doesn't want to tell you this part of the deal, which we've talked about. She lunged at Kentovan to try to grab the phone that he had in his hand that he was recording with. He was told by his lawyer that he needs to record any kind of event that he has with her because the concern was that she would lie and tell a false story on him. And he felt like the only way to protect himself was to have that recorder. When she lunged at him, he put his arm out to protect himself. She slammed into his arm. Now, from what I hear from everybody on all sides and from people who've visited Adventureland who have nothing against Kent, Kent apparently is a big man, is where she's this little tiny thing. That's They're basically saying that she's very short and tiny compared to Kent. Now, if you run at someone and they're much bigger than you and they're in a different weight class than you and they put their hand up and you run into that hand, most likely it's going to be hit like a brick wall and you're going to go down. Did Kent intentionally try to hurt her? Well, it seems to me after she hit the ground, if he truly wanted to hurt her, he could have curb stomped her while she was laying there. He could have easily picked up a chair like a WWE wrestler and finished her off. He could have dragged her by the hair and chained her up to the pickup truck and drove her down the highway and all that. There was literally a thousand things he could have done if that was his true intention that he wanted to cause her to suffer or hurt her in some kind of way. She also misled me into believing that she never, um, that she went straight to the doctor and all this issue came up with some guy named Freddie. I don't know Freddie at all. All I know is a story. What she hasn't told a lot of you that had to come out later after Kent brought this up was it was nine to ten months later when she went and she actually asked the guy, this Freddy person, oh, should I say this? Should I make this claim? Why would she ask someone else if it was okay to make an accusation up for? If it happened, like she said it did, then she doesn't need anybody to tell her what she needs to do about it. 
if she really believed that she was hurt, then that's what she should have done. Period. <clears throat> Why did she wait so many months afterwards? I mean, there's people out there, I'm sure, that you're going to pretend to be an internet psychologist or doctor yourself or a psychiatrist. There's a lot of people out there that like to be an internet, you know, psychiatrist and pretend they know things more than they do. Well, maybe she, you know, uh, just, you know, women act funny under those kind of events whenever they're being abused. As far as abuse goes, ladies and gentlemen, can I point this out, if you don't mind? If you don't mind me pointing out the facts here. The fact is, is that Kentoven, his entire life, he's never been charged with a violent act. Joe has never claimed that he's ever laid his hands on her or done any kind of harm. Mary Toko actually says that when she was with him, they barely or rarely argued. There was no real issues. The only issue she had, according to Mary Toko, was that she wanted an insurance policy. Basically, if Kent Hoven kicked the bucket, she wanted to make a million dollars out of this. She believed that if he died, she would have nothing. See, like Cindy, apparently she gave up a lot of her belongings and material things and then decided to go down there and that was going to be her life. She wanted to make sure that she had some kind of conclusion after Kent died. She already knew that Kent was having strokes. She knew that Kent had health issues. And she also wanted to make sure that her family members on her side were connected to the ministry, that they would all get something out of it. This is one of the reasons why Kent Hoven assumed and became concerned and believed that she was just there to gold dig. I know what some of you are going to say. You're going to say, well, she gave up everything and went down there, though. Yeah, but if you knew that giving up some of your property or giving up your money meant that you would one day in the near future be dealing with a dead husband and you'd get an insurance policy with millions of dollars, it doesn't seem like it's much of a sacrifice. You get rid of a little house you used to own, maybe a junky car, and you trade up and you get a million dollars afterwards. You see what I mean? It's not like you gave up everything and then you end up with nothing kind of deal. That's what she wanted. The problem from what I hear, one of the red flags on this, is that the policy, in order to get millions of dollars, the policy had to be a big payment of like a $1,000. Now, Mary, she's talking all like how big of a deal this is to me, but I'm literally sitting back here looking at my wife. My wife and I have no insurance policy. We've been married for almost 30 years now, folks. We've got no insurance policy. We've got no health insurance whatsoever. Yet, my wife has never threatened to walk out the door on me. She's never said, Brett, if you don't lay down some money in case you die, I'm out of here. No. If my wife passes away tomorrow and she's got serious health issues and she's a diabetic and all that, um, there's nothing. I don't get anything but what it is that me and her built together. You know, me and my wife, everything that we have, we built it together. If either one of us goes, the only thing the other one gets is... Uh, all things that were built together and that's it. There is no thousand dollar payments we're doing to some kind of insurance company 
who most likely would screw us in the end anyway. I don't trust insurance companies myself. So there it is, whenever it comes to the insurance thing. I can understand from Kent's point of view why he would think that it was all about the money for her because he, she was constantly on his ass about it. She admits that. I'm not saying she's a bad person. I'm not saying that that's evil. But, I mean, it's straight out of a damn movie, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? I'm going to need money. I'm going to need money or I'm gone. Her other accusation, this is the this is the two major accusations Mary has. This is what you all wanted, right? You want to hear my side and what I got from all this, so I'm going to tell you. And this is going to be my final video about all this crap. Her other issue was... She didn't like the people that he was working with. That's uh well that is that's gonna be a third issue and all that. But um she Okay, so she says that she didn't understand how all this stuff was working and that Kent had got out of prison. Are you aware that Cindy as well as Mary, they both knew everything about Kent before they even got involved with them? This isn't like they just met each other on the street and they liked each other and then they got married. Mary is a researcher. She's a person who engages people in speeches. She didn't just nonchalantly jump into a relationship with Kent. She knew about his ministry. She knew what he was about, everything. And then whenever she gets involved with them, he acts like it's a surprise and stuff the way he handles business and the way he handles things. She didn't because she didn't like the people that he worked with she assumed that sooner or later he was going to end up screwing himself and end up in jail again and she claims she didn't want to be in the same position as joe but the question i have is then why the hell did you hook up with him in the first place you already knew there were discrepancies with his life you already knew that he worked with people who sometimes tried to jack him in the background and all this what, what did you expect? Did you expect things to be like a hundred times different? I don't get it. Before me and my wife got married, we met each other when we were teenagers. We stuck with each other for years before we finalized it and got ourselves married. We wanted to make absolute sure that this is what we wanted. I knew from the get-go, as well as my wife, that we loved each other and we cared about each other, but we really, really got to know each other before we decided to go to the courthouse and get ourselves married and get that piece of paper that makes it official. Mary's a smart woman. Cindy's a smart woman. They knew what they were getting themselves into before they even jumped into it. Cindy made it absolutely clear that she researched Kent up and down before she jumped into that. Hell, Sandra, when I was talking to her, she uh, made it clear that she knew exactly who Kent was, um, even when all of this was going on, and she still loved him. She still cared about him and still wanted to be a part of his life. So none of these women are stupid. None of them are incompetent. They all knew what they were getting themselves in with Kent. I think that anybody out there, if any of you out there loved him or fell in love or hands over heels for Kent and you got involved with them, you know a lot about him, right? You watched his videos. You've seen his shows. It's like hooking up with Johnny Depp. It's like hooking up with a celebrity. You know what you're going to get. 
Oh, this is the guy from 21 Jump Street. This is the guy from Edward Scissorhands. You know damn well what you're getting yourselves into. I don't understand why Cindy did what she did. She claims on the money. She says that he took all of her money, but it's not exactly true, is it, folks? Is that really what you got from the story, what she's been telling? She came down to the ministry, and she admits that she donated thousands of dollars, that she was just nonchalantly throwing money around the place. She bought three places down there. Do you know how much one home by itself can cost, folks? See, let's say, let's round it off to $200,000, and you buy a home. There are homes that are more expensive than $100,000. There are homes that are more than $200,000. She bought three homes, ladies and gentlemen, and not just homes. We're not talking about a tiny trailer park here, folks. We're talking about acres of land. She bought land and three homes, folks. And then she also bought a tractor and a bunch of equipment and a bus, I, I heard. It seems to me, if you do the math and you add this shit up, you're going to come out to her spending practically her entire father's inheritance on damn near everything. I'd be surprised if she had 5% left after all the things that I've heard her admit to buying, as well as other people. So here's the problem. Let's say you got a wife or a husband. <clears throat> they come into the picture and they have $500 to their name and they take the $500 and they buy you a bunch of clothes. They buy you a bunch of pretty things. They buy you groceries. <clears throat> You're going through a honeymoon period. So now this girl or guy wants to buy you all kinds of pretties and sweet little things and stuff. Well, by the time it's over with, this person now has less than $10 to their name, and they're going to depend on you now for the rest of their life to take care of them. But they spent all their money. So now you're left with Kent, the one taking up the pay on everything. And this was supposed to be donations to the ministry. Now, here's my question for all of you, and be straight with me. Don't, don't be malice or malicious whenever you respond to this. But if somebody comes to your home and you marry them and they spend all their money like that, and then they get pissed off at you one day and they walk out on you, and then they tell you, you got to return all the stuff that I ever bought you. You got to give me all my money back. And then on top of that interest, what the hell are you going to say to that? I couldn't imagine what that would be like if my own wife did that to me. My wife has bought me tons of things throughout my entire life. I've bought her tons of things. If she were to leave and say that I got to pay her back for everything that she put into this relationship and into this home, that would be a damn nightmare, folks. But wait a minute. I thought you gifted this to me. I thought this was a part of bringing us both up. So as you can see, we can understand why in some ways it comes off if we hear a st the story twisted in a different way, why it might sound like there's some thievery here, but it's not. What it is, it's bad investment, it's bad decisions on how you spend your damn money. What kind of fool moves halfway across the United States of America and fucking gives away all their damn money like that?
and literally within a year's time blew $200,000. And let's not forget Cindy also opened a GoFundMe. Let's not forget that she requested tons of money, which for whatever reason, atheists decide to support her. That's fine. If any of you out there want to open a GoFundMe and you want to get support or a PayPal account, hell, I'll even tell you how to do it. <laughs> but it's not as cut and dry as black and white as the story is being told, folks. So then there's Julie. I think we've talked enough about Cindy and Mary. There's this new woman, the secretary, that got brought into the mix. I listened to this long-winded young lady for hours and hours on end. Cindy thought it'd be a good idea to bring her into the picture. And I asked the young lady, I said, do you have any vendetta against Kent? Is there some kind of anger issues that you have towards him? Is there something that he could bring up that could just totally clobber you after you make your accusations towards him? And she said, there is. And I go, really? What is that? Because I didn't want things to turn into hell on, you know, hell on ice, folks. I wanted to know the honest truth of who I'm talking to, what I'm getting myself into. The young lady told me that she was going to publicly acknowledge what she did before she even gets into accusations against Kent. Apparently, the very guy that Mary Toko did not like and Cindy did not like that Kent was working with, a guy named Steve who used to do the tech work, this woman decided to cheat on her own damn husband on the property. Yeah. She's got a husband. She's got, I think, babies on the way. I don't even know if they're her kids or what the deal is or what's going on. But she made a decision while her husband was out working on buildings and doing what he was doing. I think his name's Nick or something. She decided to go into the Steve guy's residency or property. And basically, they had just really disgusting sex, apparently. They describe Steve as a sadomasochist. They say that he had video that he was recording that they were making porn movies together. So can you imagine the the disgustingness? I'm sitting here listening to this. And this woman wants to get up there because she's buddies with Cindy. She wants to tell us all about what a piece of trash Kent is and what a terrible husband he is. But here's the thing, Kent never cheated on any of his wives. Did he work with dumb people who brought his ministry bad reputation and may have tarnished it in some ways? Sure. It happens. Anybody that's running a ministry out there, you're going to sometimes bring people in who are going to be more of a burden than a help. But... Let's just put it this way. The girl recorded herself. Well, she didn't, she claims that she didn't know she was being recorded. I don't know how that's possible. I don't know how it's possible from according to the way the story is told to me that she didn't know what was going on. Of course, she was going to paint herself perfectly innocent in the deal, right? But it was done over and over and over again. The sex nonstop with someone who um, was not the husband. Adultery was committed, and according to Christians, that's a seriously big deal. 
So what am I supposed to do with that, folks? You got a girl who admits that she destroyed her own damn marriage, and for from the grace of God, her husband decided to take her back, and she's going to have the audacity to get up on my live show and piss all over people for how their marriages worked out after what she did? Yeah, awful. And I told Cindy this, too. I said, Cindy, this is a bad idea, letting this girl get up here. I mean, don't get me wrong. She sounds like a sweetheart. She sounds like a, a decent person whenever I was talking to her on the phone. But when you start admitting all these terrible sins you've committed and then try to throw a rock at someone else for their sins, it, uh, it turns into a shit sandwich without the bread, folks. Let's be honest. I thought it would do total damage to Cindy and Mary from what they were trying to achieve and accomplish in this. It was awful. I'll bring up one more person, and then this will be the last time I mention the person uh, in the light of uh, Kent Hovind as well as Cindy and Mary. Mark Stoney did not want to even get involved in all this. I told Cindy this repeatedly. I said, Mark keeps on saying he doesn't want to get into this. He doesn't want to. Unfortunately, Cindy kept on bringing his story up and what he did and about his daughter and all this. Whenever she was making accusations, Mark Stoney's story, according to her perception, was brought up repeatedly. She also kept on doing shout-outs towards his channel, telling people they ought to go check it out. Because she did this... Kent Hovind felt like he had to defend himself not only against Cindy's accusations, but also about the people mentioned. So unfortunately, Mark Stoney was brought back into a discussion he did not want to participate in anymore. And unfortunately, Kent felt that he had to speak about the character of some of the people because they were doing the same thing back to him. It was a tricky deal because Kent didn't even want to talk about anybody. He didn't even want to talk about the Cindy issue or the Mary. He repeatedly told me, I just want to do my ministry. I just want to enjoy my life. I just want to worship and serve God. I don't want anything to do with this. But he said, if they're going to do it, then let them do it. And then I'll respond afterwards. That's a God-honest truth, folks. Kent didn't like it, but he allowed them to say whatever they wanted. So the final conclusion was, after they got all of it off of their chest, we were supposed to all form into a group and talk things out publicly on the internet. It kind of sounds good on one side, but it sounds like a terrible idea on the other, doesn't it, folks? But I just thought it would be so great if Cindy could work out her problems and go on her way, Mary could go on her way, everybody goes on their way. But it didn't happen like that, folks. Cindy showed her cards when we were on that live show. She broke the agreement that we had. I clearly said that when Kent shows up, he's going to be let in the room. I felt like everybody in the room had had adequate time I wasn't just counting the hour that they were talking on the show at that point. I was talking about all the hours and all the shows I'd already done with them, including the phone calls, which is literally weeks and months of nonsense. I counted all that, not just the hour on that show. I said at 8 o'clock, the man is going to show up. 
He's going to come in here and we're going to take turns and we're going to do this like fair gentleman and gentlewoman. When he got there, he came a little early. I announced that he was out there. Cindy goes, I don't want him up here right now. I'm not done talking. I want to say more things. I want to stir the pot. I want to muddy up the waters as much as I possibly can before Kent gets to participate in a conversation against five against one. I immediately became pissed, folks. This seriously pissed me off. But I was like, okay, he came early. And I made sure Kent could hear me down below. He waved to let me know that he could hear me. I said, all right, Kent, between 8 and 8.30, I'm going to allow you and I'm going to let them talk a little bit more. But Cindy puts that girl back on the video to repeat her story again, as if we had not already heard it three times. Okay? And they just kept talking and talking and talking. And almost 30 minutes passed, and then Kent said to hell with it. I would have said to hell with it five minutes waiting. I'd have been like, what is going on here? I'm not just going to sit here and listen to me get piled on and dumped on and not even have a chance to talk. I couldn't believe it. The man was sitting there for 30 minutes, and this woman just would not let him talk. The truth is, folks, I lost control over my stream. I did. I'm a, I was a terrible moderator. I allowed a roast to happen, and long after he left, these women just kept on and on and on, just never stopping, and they didn't give a rat's ass, and they even tried to paint the picture that he was a coward, claiming that he ran away, that he rage quit, which he didn't. He sat out there for 30 minutes, folks. And they wouldn't stop. They wouldn't shut the hell up. And that made me mad. I tried to keep control over it. I tried to also be patient. I'm trying to think of what should I do about this? What should I do about this unfair act that has just happened? And as hours started to go by, I became more and more pissed off and angry. And then I started hearing more crazy-ass accusations being said. And I just sat back. Every once in a while, I'd blurt out a joke. I was sitting there showing all the comments of people getting pissed off, and nobody cared. Nobody cared about how aggravated people were that Kent didn't get his fair shake. And I kept showing the room. Nobody cared. They didn't care that Kent was treated like a piece of shit in the conversation. So at the end of my show, I yelled at people. I said, I am so done with this. This is the end. This was nonsense. This was crazy. And I shut the show down. All the shows that I ever did having to do with this drama or Cindy or any of this nonsense, I put on private. The videos are not deleted. They're on private. And if you're wondering why I didn't just straight up delete over 20 videos, it's because Kent asked me to keep them saved in case he needs to take them to court for defamation. The material was also saved for Cindy's benefit as well. 
But I don't even know if I give a damn about all that anymore. I feel like this was totally ignorant. So folks, if any of you email me in the future, any of you try to call me, any strangers out there try to say, Brett, what happened or what's the deal? Instead of having to repeat myself 10 million times to people, I can just copy the link to this video, send it to people, and they can watch it and take whatever they want from it. If I see any comments where people are trying to stir shit and call me names and call Kent names or these women names or abuse us anyway, then those comments will not be remaining on my board. I'm sick and tired of these people who have no picture, no videos up on their channel, which are obvious sock accounts being used to attack my channel to try to instigate that this continues on and on and on. No, not anymore, folks. I've given all I'm going to give. We're going to get back into talking about God, love, kittens, and puppies here. We're going to talk about sweet, beautiful things and why we should get our brains screwed on right and do the right things in our life, how to make good decisions to improve our relationship with God. We're not doing this anymore. I'm not a professional. I'm not a lawyer or a judge. I shouldn't have even got involved in this in the first place, but I thought that it could get straightened out. But apparently not everybody in this conversation is an adult. So that's it. God bless.